Hello and welcome to another episode of To Be Perfectly Honest. I'm Corey. I'm Anel. And this week we're talking about Game of Thrones, Season 7, Episode 5, also known as Eastwatch. Anel, what did you think about this episode after that phenomenal episode we had last week? Well, you ask me this every week and I feel like I have the same answer for you, but I love the show. Can't go wrong with uh, Game of Thrones and... This didn't disappoint. Not as much action as last week's, but definitely some, but definitely some key pieces of information. Yeah, for sure. I felt like the last one we, like you're saying, it was definitely action packed. We kind of just had this like, oh shit, Daenerys on a fucking dragon moment. And it was like that high lasted me all week. And then I got to this and I was like, oh shit, what's going to happen? And the one thing that we were kind of like holding our breath on, uh, no pun intended, was Jamie drowning. And like the first thing is literally him like, okay, well, um, I'm fine. So that was kind of uh, no sweat off the back. But we had, yeah, like you were saying, a lot of key pieces, a lot of people going. We knew all these people were going to eventually meet up, but we weren't quite sure how it was going to go. And it looks like the United thing here is really kind of the title card of the show is Eastwatch. So what's happening the army of the dead walking coming upon Eastwatch, everyone rallying together for that um we even have seriously talking about in this episode so did you notice that each east watch was in the uh, title card mm-hmm. i did yeah so it's that important it was so important that they actually put it into the intro um after not seeing it at all but we kind of knew this was coming we've been talking about it for a while um but yeah, it's very, it's kind of funny though, too. We're, <laughs> we see the cell of Eastwatch and that's about it. And then we go outside of it. Um, but yeah, great episode. Um, I can only imagine what the next two are going to be like, because we only have two more and then we're done, correct? Yeah. Six and seven. So. But these next two are going to be longer than an hour. Yes, I'm so down for that. Um, this one kind of went like it flew by. Um but there's a lot of stuff that I'm super eager to talk about. So should we just get cracked into it? I want to know what was your favorite part favorite? of the episode? Ooh, I have like my favorite and then I have like my, oh my God, moment. Okay, um, so I don't know what the difference between those two are. So just give me a favorite um, and then we'll get into your other. Favorite moment was John touching the dragon. Mine too. Okay. My hands up. <laughs> That's gonna why be like, he's laughing. Shut the fuck up. That's stupid. Um, my oh my god moment was the Arya Littlefinger. I was like so like yes yes, and then I was like no. So yeah. yeah, super creeper. Still reminds me of a pedophile. Oh for sure. Well, obviously, it's like uh, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, here, here. Yeah, so very interesting. But yeah, that was those were my two favorite parts. Um, honestly, it's hard to choose. There's a lot of stuff in here that's pretty awesome. But yeah, that dragon. Dragon gets me every time. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get started then. Um, when we open, we see Bronn not only saved Jamie from the dragon fire, but he also saved him from drowning. Um, it looks like it was pretty close to because Jamie coughs up quite a bit of water. Um, and we kind of talked about this last episode on the podcast, but what is kind of his motivation? And he pretty explicitly says he's in it for the gold, but he draws the line at dragons. <laughs> so we and were both pretty much right. Um, no, one of us was right. Or no, one of us was more right. And that person was the one who said, I can see Bron switching sides. And then the other person who was less right said, 
Why would Bronn switch sides? He's going to be up Jamie's. Uh, I'm just saying, look, he's still with Jamie. You didn't think that? You thought he was going to march right out there and be like, hello, Danny, I'm here. He, he said he didn't have to do that. He was already down the stream. <laughs> down the never ending, <laughs> sure. like, back. Uh, what is that called when the current pulls you? Undertow. What the hell kind of an undertow pulls you, like, Obviously, uh, I don't know. Like so far down that you see like a. I can only imagine that like smoke at the end of the. I in my mind, it's not like they like surfaced the first time they were right there. Like you know, tread water with Jamie, and he keeps on sinking. So this has been like a half an hour ordeal. <laughs> like, and they just cut it out because they were like, and we need to make it shorter. Well, you see Jamie like running and his horse running in like two inches of water like barely enough for a two-year-old to like I splash in this last time that had to then, been like a little streamy part but then, <laughs> then the undertow is like the colorado <laughs> river carving out the grand canyon and they end up down the way yeah the other people have had issues with that too according whatever to Instagram. I, I love i love jamie i love bron so i Hey, if if it wouldn't have saved them, I would have been way more upset. For sure. You know, one thing he says is that, um, he, you know, he has to go tell Cersei about this. So he might as well go and jump back in. Um, Jamie's defeated. Like, you can just tell, like, there's that whole, like, 30 seconds where he's just sitting there, like, taking in, like, oh, fuck, what do you do? You know, after being on top of the world your entire life, like, knowing you're a Lannister, knowing that you basically have it made as long as you have your wits about you. And then being like fuck <laughs> there's dragons like well, not ugh. only that he's like he's been um he's a military minded person he's led troops before so he's very familiar with the battlefield and this is like nothing else that i mean he's there's shell- no way it's like it's literally like nuclear shot. warfare and i think it's not even just the dragons it's like the dothraki i mean later on we'll get into that later but he says you know aside yeah. from the dragons like there's no nothing can stop them I have nothing that he's ever seen. He's yeah, like, I feel like, I mean, it's possible to stop the Dothraki, but it's like, it's that one-two punch. You know what I mean? You can't, <laughs> you can't do shit when you're on fire. And if you are worried about Dothraki, you can't worry about catching on fire and throwing spears. So well, it's, it's like, got to narrow down one of those things. Well, it's like, um, seriously says, you know, if we want to stop them, we've got to be smart like father. Yeah, I don't, we'll get into that, but she's being a shady bitch. Um, I love Cersei. We see is the... <laughs> I just said that to get a rise out of Corey. Oh, my God. Okay. He so, thinks I hate Sansa. Um, so the other thing is at the end of the scene, we see Tyrion searching the battlefield, and it looks like he's searching for his brother. I don't know if that's what you got out of that or not. And he looks pretty like, oh, shit, this is what is happening. I think he thinks a little bit like... Ooh, is she getting a little mad queenie? Have I made the wrong decision? This is literally my people that I'm destroying, even though they've abandoned me. Have I made the right choice? And then he gets to further think about his decision when we have um, Danny gives the Lannister army the chance to bend the knee or die. So um, she says she wants to destroy the wheel that rolls over the rich and poor and only serves Cersei. So... Um, Basically, everyone kneels. There's like three or four people that don't besides Randall and Dick and Tarly. And they're pretty... Well, first, it's Randall. Randall's just an old crotch that's like, I'm not going to bend the knee, me. And Tyrion is like, hey, throw him in the cell. And and she's like, um, no. I'm giving them a fucking choice. 
They well, can do it, or they can die. Well, Tyrion, for bo- because both of both of them were not tried exactly at the same time, or by tried, I mean Danny was talking individually to each of them, and Tyrion had to come back for like, how can we avoid that? Tyrion was just like Jamie; he doesn't want to see anyone burned alive, and um, you know he offered. I think it was Randall. He was like, can't we just send him to the wall? And then with Dickon, he was like, you know, we'll put him in the cell. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what you were going to say about it, but I think I agree with you. Mm. Hard to tell when you interrupt. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, no, the thing is, is like, basically, we don't have Dickon doing anything. We have Randall first going off and being an old crotch. And then Tyrion speaks up. You're right. It says, hey, why don't we send him to the wall? And He's the one, Randall's the one that's like, you're not my queen, you can't send me to the wall. So we're like, oh, well, fuck. Also, remember, his son is at the wall, and he's like, fuck my son. So the chances of him going to that and being on the same level as his son, probably pretty fucking low. Then we have him basically, like, we know he's fucked. And I think Dickon knows this too. And so Dickon is trying to kind of tag onto that and maybe pull out the heartstrings a little bit. And this gets Tyrion especially because he's been, you know, he's been dealing with this, oh, fuck, am I fucking over my people? And seeing a father and their son and the two leads of this house that many houses have already been decimated, the Tyrells that already happened, he doesn't want that to happen, so he speaks up. But that's the thing, too, is, you know, what would you do in this situation now? Uh, bend the knee. No, I mean, like, if you were Daenerys, what would you do? Oh, well, someone's not going to listen to you. Like, you can't show weakness. Like, she she doesn't have a choice, and and she gave them the option. And you know, these are men that fought against dragons, so these are men that are pretty fearless. And even when she told them to bend the knee, they were still standing tall until the dragon reminded them. Oh, you know. Yeah. He like let out that roar, and then everyone except for just a few people. And then, still, and no. then when she burns both of them to a fucking crisp, Dracaris, bam. You know, I didn't think that they were really gonna get burnt, but did you? Yeah, I think you know we had last episode where she de- decimated that army for sure, and I think this is kind of. She has to prove that she is, you know, a leader and she is fearless and she is going to do what she needs to do to get what she wants. And if she pussyfoots around it, you know, the thing is, is we have so much contacts with these people that we fell for them. But like, look what happened in Essos, like the Sons of the Harpy, they all died, like they rose up against her and she killed them all. Like, are we sad for them? Do we feel meh? there were sons and fathers there? The only reason we feel different is because we're like, oh, Dickon. I laughed at his name. It w- it didn't pull at my heartstrings the way that I felt like the show was hoping it would. I mean, I was disappointed slightly. Just like, you know, maybe I wanted some more Dickon jokes, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, o- I'm so over um, Dickon jokes. I thought that was so cheesy. And I just thought that she would have a better use for them alive. And, um. I thought maybe there'd be some, I don't know. I think she made the right choice uh, based on what she needs to do. But, dude, don't, if you have the option to bend the knee or get burned alive. Yeah, bend the fucking knee. Bend the knee and think about your regrets and sorrows later. Seriously. But does this mean, 
Like, his house isn't totally eradicated because Sam is his son. Yeah, but Sam is on the wall. He has no claim. Well, he's not on the wall anymore. He's at, he's doing the maester stuff. Yeah, but is if, that... like, that's the whole thing is, like, if you abandon the wall without dying like Jon Snow, then you have no claim and you're, like, technically an illegal, like... Yeah, but we got a new president who's running for office and she has dragons. And so do you think that that's going to make a a difference in the grand scheme? Like right now, I I see what your point is. I don't. Because the whole thing is like, you know, yeah, that might be true if Sam had any want or need of that. But he doesn't. He's never grown up in a military mindset. He has no really want to that. He's abandoned his own house. What he cares about is the White Walkers, and he has other things to think about. This is small fries. But after the wall, I mean, suppose, suppose at the end of this, White Walkers eradicated. No more scary up north. Thing. No more reason for a you wall. You think Sam's going to be alive? I'm just saying. Speculation. Well, we'll speculate when we get there, is All what right. I'm trying to say. But this, this is the other thing I think is, you know, you look at, um, you look at Randall, not necessarily Dick, and he just kind of follows his father. But Randall basically betrayed his house. And that is kind of a big deal. I think that's another reason why we don't see Danny really, like, considering, oh, maybe I should go easy on them. Like, no. Like, he's a flip-flopper. And if he's going to flip-flop to Cersei and then legitimately be like, oh, she's amazing, then fuck him. Burn him. That's what I say. Pretty much immediately after that, we have Jamie returns to King Landing. So this is kind of how we're reminded, oh yeah, Blackwater is like super close to King's Landing, which is kind of fucking crazy because that dragon was right there. Like she could pop that dragon in on King's Landing whenever she wants to. All she got to do is weave and swerve out of them fucking scorpion arrows. So Cersei seems really confident that the sellswords that she's going to hire, the gold cloaks are going to be kind of the answer to this war. And Jamie is just like, um, no, bitch. We just got decimated. Like, there's no... Uh, people turn to fucking ash. Like, we are not going to be able to pay people enough money to do this. They're going to run away. And she's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, um, and then he also lets her know about Joffrey. Um, and that Lady Alana is the one that poisoned him. She makes several comments like, and you let me poison him with a poison that doesn't make him mes- or make her miserable? Like, bitch, she, she died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn you evil. Still just showing that she is so vindictive that, okay, everyone's dead. Joffrey's dead, Alana's dead, and she's still tripping about. So um, one other thing that um, I wanted to mention is that and during Jamie and Cersei's talk, he mentioned that um, they don't have a full accounting of how many men that they lost and that the dragons actually burned 1,000 wagons. And so I, I know it didn't look like it was that crazy there. I know I certainly didn't feel like I saw a 1,000 wagons, but that's just one dragon, and that's what he tells Cersei. And he's like, she has three. Yeah. You know, they use the scorpion... The scorpion, I mean, we see the dragons later. It looked like, you know, he put They're a band aid on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that dragon was not was not looking even like he was sleepy. So um I think that's gonna be interesting how she goes forth in the future. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna have a scorpion like a rocket ship. But um <laughs> at the end you know, of that Master <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Right? Um and at the end, Cersei um, says, 
we fight and we die or we submit and we die. I know my choice. So I think it's uh, definitely worth mentioning that Cersei doesn't care how this ends, but she's fighting. She's not going out without a fight. Yeah, she... I mean, did we have any doubt about that, though? (laughs) You really... Well, you would think after Jamie comes in looking so distraught, says, like, dude, all of our men are not even accounted for. We don't yeah. even know who's not turned to smithereens because they're literally in dust. Yeah, for sure. I think the one thing that is kind of we have to remember is Jamie was there. Cersei was not. A. B. Cersei's been in situations exactly not exactly like this, but siege issues. Like, remember um, beginning of, like, season two or three when Blackwater Bay happens? Like, she's ready to poison Tommen because, you know, she's like, well, they're coming. Like, she's that kind of person that until death is knocking on the door, she's not going to think about it because she's going to do everything she can in that moment to do it and not show weakness. She would rather die than be like, oh, yeah, I'll relinquish the throne. Yeah, the other thing is, is, like, Oh, yeah, we don't have a count. Yeah, that's because Jamie literally got out of the water and ran back to King's Landing. Like, you think he was like, oh, let me find anybody. No. Was there anyone to find? Fucking Daenerys took all of them around and them up and was like, bow on the fucking knee, bitch. Yeah, I wonder I wonder what he thinks happened to the rest of them. Oh, I'm sure he knows. I mean, let's be honest. Out of how many men, there was like, what, 20? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, well, what I'm saying is if... If if that's what he remembers is the Dothraki herd and her burning, you know, basically everything. I wonder if he thinks everyone just got died burnt oh, yeah. to a crisp, or I mean, if she like even I said, gave him essentially everyone the option. Did. But yeah. Okay, so this is one of my favorite parts and your favorite parts, evidently. Um, so Danny takes that one-hour express flight back from Blackwater Rush. And um, Jon Snow is kind of waiting on the cliffs, waiting for Danny to come back. And she lands on Drogon. And, like, he knows what he's doing. He takes off his glove purposefully, and he lay- lays a hand on Drogon's face. And it's very, like, uh. And we the only other time we've seen anything like this, besides obviously Danny doing this, is when we had Tyrion do it. But Tyrion was very, like... Like, uh, 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 okay, uh, uh, like, this is... Tyrion is by himself, too. Totally. But at the same time, like, the dragon, it was a little more like, I'm gonna fucking eat you. The dragon fucking respects Jon Snow. And this has to be that Targaryen blood in him that it smells. Don't you think? (laughs) John, you smell like a Targaryen. You smell like a Targaryen. Maybe that's why Danny's like, all Twitter-pated. He's got those Targaryen pheromones. Oh, She's like, oh, you smell like you're related to me. Mm. Mm. <laughs> My children. Um, <laughs> Jinx. I was going to say, though, too. Um, do you remember? I was trying to remember if Tyrion actually touched that dragon when they were in the... Uh, I was trying to think about out. that, too. I can't remember. But, I mean, he got close enough. I'm going to give it to him. Well, I remember that he was close enough. I just remember that torch and you could see the light off of the skin or the eye yeah. or something. I just couldn't remember if he actually Well, I mean, he he literally had to go and unchain their necks and their leg, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, honestly... 
I'm giving Tyrion's him a, a little bit more of a badass. I'm, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I'm giving. But, and those were the bad dragons. That's why they were yeah, in there. They're the naughty dragons. They were the bad, bad dragons. Bad. Um, actually, they were the not naughty dragons. They were the ones that were like, "We stay at home and we study, mom." And the dragon was like, "I'm a bully and I eat sheep and babies." He was just. And she smart was like, "I'm gonna lock that. the good ones up." <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> they were, all, yeah, they were all pretty bad. Um. So yeah, she makes a little comment. She says, "You know, the, the dragons are her children. They're beautiful." And Jon Snow kind of was like, eh, "Well, yeah, they're." They're beautiful beasts. And she's like, they're not beasts. They're my children. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and then they kind of get into a conversation. And she's like, kind of, you know, he says, you know, what happened? She says, well, I have fewer enemies than I did before I left. And she's like, how do you feel about that? And he's kind of like, well, like, mm, I'm not exactly happy about that. And she's like, you know what? Like, how many people did you kill in the Battle of the Bastards? Oh, a shit ton. That's right. Like, you have to do that to show your strength. I don't want to kill, but I have to. Getting back to the John touching the dragon. I mean, we know from later that it's Let's evident. Let's talk about the dragon touching more. <laughs> we know from later on. These are actually John's cousins, if we think of yeah. that they're Danny's babies. So... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not think of it like oh. that. That's creepy. Why? Because they're not. <laughs> you, you can... She did not birth them out of her vagina. So you can get past that there are ice zombies and dragons. But when I say the dragon is John's cousin, that's too much for you to take. I mean, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Isn't so... the one named after his father? Yeah, Viserys. I mean, yeah. not Viserys, yeah. but Rhaegar. Uh, Rhaegar. Okay, I was going to say uh, Viserys is her brother. <laughs> <laughs> like shit too, was it that intense um yeah if we're gonna think like that then we might as well just call that dragon her brother and then we'll call that <laughs> the dragon is the father <laughs> okay. of john snow so right. we've, yeah we've gone down the wrong path. Okay. let me wind it back dial it back the main thing is she uh what do you think about her confronting john about getting stabbed through the heart again yeah um conveniently he's you know interrupted to where he doesn't have to answer that question but i'm sure it's going to be a plot point from later on but i do want to say this before we continue to the next scene this was my very very favorite scene because you have john he's like doing his normal brooding over the side of the cliff the music is intensifying you see the dragon come down and you see you hear like the beating of his wings against the music and it's like lit perfectly and oh my gosh gave me goosebumps even the second time i watched it the only thing I must say is, like, there's the shot where he's putting his hand on the dragon, and it's, like, for some reason when they shoot it, like, f- when you see it, like, on the nose straight from, like, back his perspective, it looks completely, like, awesomely real. When it's from the side, it looks so CGI, like, it totally brought me out of it. That's the only thing so far that I've been like, ah, oh, that fucking dragon. Like, I wish they would just wouldn't have included it. Just focus more on John. Oh, that's the trick? Okay. So, anyways, he's interrupted, um, and it's basically a bunch of the, um, her, like, personal guard, Dothraki, and they come and say, oh, is this your friend? And she's like, who is that? That's Jorah! Jorah the Explorer. Yeah, and he looks real good. His, uh, eczema is cleared up Real good, yeah, he got a tanning bed, so (laughs) that worked out for the better. 
Can you say love triangle? Yeah. Um, hella. Also awkward. Remember we said, like, this was a little bit ago. We were like, oh, that's crazy that, you know, Jorah's dad gave the Marmot family sword to John. But oh, that won't ever really come up. Meh, well, maybe it will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to see. So um, that could be interesting. Um, the thing is, is we have this characterization of Jorah that, like, for the most part of every season. He's we hella like, desperate. So desperate. <laughs> no, for, like, you know, almost every season we were, like, Jorah's like her right hand man. Mm, yeah, he got her back. No one else does. And then we find out that he was fucking gonna sell her out for the fucking queen, right? So, and then we know that he like lost his family respect because he did slavers and shit like that, right? Do you feel like maybe Jorah has a dark side? I feel like Jorah was trying to do what it took to provide for his family at the time. And um, his ex-wife, I think, was known to, like, have that doesn't mean that he's not an evil son of a bitch. Like, if you're going to be doing what you're going to do for your family, what if he has to do what he does for his family by killing... I was going to say that Jorah's uh, wife had, like, a spending problem when she was going to spend them out of, like, house and home. Yeah. And so that's when he started doing that shit and then got caught up and then... What I'm saying is he's a lover boy. Like, whatever, when he gets, like twitter pated he'll do whatever it takes um like danny like he's ready to die she's like i command you to get this cured what does he do and then he comes right back um so yeah i know it seems like danny's completely buried the hatchet with her and jora um like if there was anything hostile before it's gone which was kind of fucking retarded anyways but like, don't you think she's like a little over the top with her attention like she wasn't giving him no kind of play i he think this like, is her father figure like you know and she's wanting someone back in her life even if she's just gonna go fucking toss him off to the wall here in another scene anyways like i think she she needed that well he needs it in a different way and it's kind of gross yeah it's a hella gross but she's targaryen so whatever <laughs> yeah he's You're like call me daddy okay so um Okay, so this next scene with Bran is um, so awesome, but that's the thing is, like, all of these awesome, like, action scenes with Bran when he is, um, like, possessing something is so cool, but then it's like, oh, come back to him when he's in a chair, just chilling out, like, being a robot, pretty awesome, like, I want him to do some cool ass shit, or can we go back into a dream or something, you know, like, the ravens are cool. You're boring us boring you're so boring Brian. um so bran is doing some like crazy you know surveillance and he has possessed a flock of ravens and so they um fly over east watch they go over the wall they go past the mountains by the sea and they come across the army of the dead and this time it's like way bigger than last time like it goes on and on and on and on and then there's like the other ones that are like you know generals or whatever Mm-hmm. what are they called the, they're like the white walkers i think and then the other ones are just like the army of the dead they're the whites maybe that's what i'm thinking of anyways the ones that there's they a can lot raise. of them like the ones we, that they can snap and raise snap and raise you know like the ones that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah. snap and raise. <laughs> it's like bend and snap <laughs> <laughs> there's dance damn the white damn girl snap and is that raise. some ice in your pants <laughs> <laughs> um there's a lot of them. Like, usually we see them, and there's, like, two or three. Like, I see them 
everywhere. It's fucking crazy. There's a cluster of them in the thing. I think we see basically, you remember when we saw the baby that was brought by the, the Night's King? No, well, it was from Crasters, but remember it like went all the way up north and then mm-hmm. like there was that altar and then like 12 of them. Like, I think we see all 12 of them in this group. It's crazy. Um, and it just is kind of like this impending doom of like, oh, fuck. And as soon as the Night's King looks at the raven itself, bam, Bran has to get out of that body and he snaps out of his vision. Um, pretty awesome scene though. This was a lot, very similar to like the giant scene that we saw a couple episodes back. Um, really, really cool. Did you think that the warging stopped because that when Bran through the eyes of the Raven saw that the Night's King noticed that he just unworked or do you feel like the Night's King looking at them caused his magic to stop working i feel like the looking at him is what caused it i don't think bran would have given a shit about having the night king look at the bird like yeah, yeah i kind of thought that too but i didn't know yeah I, I mean i think there's something too like it's kind of like lord of the rings you know like you use the warging ability and you're next to the night king and you're looking at the night king then the night king can maybe see you since he's brandon bran god that's tongue-tie he's branded bran um yeah so um when bran snaps out of it he basically goes okay progress report um maester what's this guy's name maester walken walken um he's like maester walken can you send out ravens (laughs) it's like bitch can you just walk into the ravens and have them write a letter and then attach their own legs and fly (laughs) jesus christ um but yeah, so he he says basically send out the ravens, let everyone know. So this is not on the hush hush anymore. You know, this was when John was doing it. It's like John got everyone in the north, but he wasn't like sending ravens left and right to everyone at King's Landing, going the dead are alive. Like Bran's like, I don't give no shits. Everybody knows I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't want to tell you like it is. Yeah, I wonder how many people even know that he's back. Yeah. And- well everyone does now because of this raven so um so we see where one of the ravens went and it goes to the citadel so we have kind of the group of maesters is having their their kind of annual oh just sit around and talk about the things that are going on and um sam is um doing scrolls and since he's kind of like the personal assistant to the main maester he is in the room as well and they're basically they get this um this letter and sam overhears it and the letter is basically urging them to send help as soon as possible um and they're extremely dismissive well you've heard people kind of talk too about um this maester is com- compared to maester lewin who was like very you know kept documents of, for everything and this maester was like well uh maybe we can find something so um, Sam kind of interjects in this, and every time this happens, I kind of want to bite my tongue, but, you know, I kind of get where Sam's coming from. We see this a little later on where he's just sick of it. It's like he can only do so much, let people know so much. These people are very like, we know everything in the world, and da 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 And it's like he knows better than this, so it's really frustrating for him. And, you know, this main maester that he's under is like, totally just giving him lip service he's like giving him just a little bit he's giving him a little bit of task here he's letting him know a little bit oh yeah um i, I believe you but um we have to do this and it's so fucking frustrating i i totally get where sam is going um so basically what the maesters think right now is that this is a ploy to kind of get the the lannisters to kind of 
get out of the game here, which is so fucking stupid. Like, no, why would they be doing that? But I mean, I guess they just are mistrustful of everybody. Um, so Sam makes his final plea. He's like, you know what? Everybody respects you guys. Like you have to let everyone know if you do, they're going to listen to you. And they're like, yep, totally. But we're just going to get some clarification first. So just like hold tight, okay? Well, Sam gives them the solution straight up. He's like, you know, I know Bran. I let him through the wall. Yeah. And I know he's telling the truth. You know, what you should do is you should, you know, send a raven to all the lords in, in the realm and tell them to send their men up to the wall to fight. And then everyone get looking through all these scrolls and all these books and find the way to, you know, defeat the army of the dead for good. And they're like, hmm, or we'll just call and get clarification from this maester that yeah. we don't respect anyway. Yeah, So for sure. Now, you know, there is one thing that's, there's a couple things that are really interesting in this, but um, they kind of have a little quip that they're saying at the very end when Sam walks out and he sa- they say that the drowned god would rise up and destroy Aegon the Conqueror. Someone someone thought that a long time ago, a maester. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, Aegon the Conqueror was a Targaryen and the drowned god is now in Euron, right? So I thought that was kind of interesting, maybe possible foreshadowing at all. Um, and then, then at the very end, they're basically going, you know what, uh, did you tell him that his father and his, uh, brother are dead? And no. So how do you feel like Sam's going to think about this? I mean, we know he'd be on Team Dragon for sure. And then this happened. Even though I have nothing, no grounds to stand on for this, but I feel like it's going to come into play later. Him not knowing and him finding out and it being important because... If his brother and his father are both dead, then he's the last man of that family, even if he has taken the black. I mean, we there's ways around that, as we know from mm-hmm. John, and maybe he doesn't have to die. Maybe the rules will change depending on, you know, once everyone finds out about the dead. Well, and the black is different. I mean, it used to not have wildlings in it. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. My my main thing was I, what I'm trying to get at is, do you think that Sam's going to figure this out and be like, fuck you, John, for siding with that dragon bitch. She killed my fucking family. Or do you think he's going to be like, eh, I didn't really like my family that much anyways. They're a bunch of assholes. I think it depends on when he finds out. I mean, we all know that he thought his dad was a dick. Yeah, I think it really is about dick on. I don't know how the relationship was. You know, if he really hated him or if he was just kind of like the golden child. And so that was kind of a weird. Well, I think, you know, even as much as Strife is they had in their relationship he still respected his dad and you could see that when him and uh gilly went to dinner but you know Afterwards, he just got frustrated the, he was yeah. like give me the sword give me yeah you know. for sure yeah and i think you know if i think if he was there in the situation too he would it's not like he would be like fine with it but you know his dad was a stubborn asshole like wouldn't fucking bend the knee he had every opportunity to, and his brother was a fucking fool. Should yeah. have realized his dad was a fucking crotchety old fucking been like, Dad, shut the fuck up. Punched him out. Well, his brother was very naive, I think. You know, he was more concerned with, um, you know, being this. He wanted to be the Prince Charming. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, so um, yeah, so Sam storms out, and we basically don't see any more of that until a little bit later. One thing I just want to say before we go to the next scene is, at the end of that whole bit, they say that the uh, the Ravenry was falling apart. So to me, that made it sound like they had. I didn't pick up were, on that. There were um, like maybe a shortage of ravens, or they were running out of ravens. Hmm. Did you catch that? I didn't even hear anything about a ravenry. Yeah, it was just the very last little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. So, anyway, just something I caught, and I don't know if that's going to mean anything later. I mean, we got Bran running through ravens left and right. Yeah, seriously, Okay, so next scene we are in the throne room at Dragonstone with Varys and Tyrion, and they're talking about what happened on the battlefield and kind of the way they felt about it. So Tyrion has basically justified to himself, now that he's back on Dragonstone, that everything that Danny did was for the greater good, and what could she have done differently, and Varys is like, well, for starters, um, she could have not barbecued the fuck out of the son and father together, like, um... Okay, so Varys is basically saying that when he was working as an advisor for the Mad King, you know, he kept on justifying to himself just the way that Tyrion is, that this was for the greater good and I'm not the one doing it and blah, 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 blah. And he did that and did that and did that until literally the people were being burned in front of his face and he had to go, okay, I am being part of this. And all he's saying really to Tyrion is, you know, Danny, what she's doing, I'm not saying it's wrong right now, but you need to be the one that lets her know, like there's a point to where you have to stop this. And if you don't, you're just as responsible as she is. We can see where she could fall really easily back into the mad king or mad queen status without the right counsel. And I think Varys sees that because he saw the mad king go from regular to mad. Yeah. Well, and not only just with the mad king too, like with Cersei, with Joffrey, with all these, you know, even Robert, you know, we have Robert style where he didn't want to do shit until he like got a hair up his ass. And then he was like, this is what you're doing. We have Cersei who was like, um, you know what? Fuck everybody. It's going to be me and my brother. We're going to fucking make decisions. Yeah. Joffrey who was like, <laughs> I just want to murder people like the mad King. Like it seems like as soon as people get away from their advisors, that's when shit goes fucking hella wrong. And I can see where she's coming from, but I also see where they're coming from where they're like, Bitch is not listening right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like she'll still listen to certain people, but um, Tyrion hasn't been the best at advising her, so I think it's yeah, going to be harder exactly. for him to kind of gain credibility with her. Um, and and yeah. Varys is being snaky. You really? I mean, Varys has always been. Yeah, I'm not questionable, he's not, but like he wasn't like oh the most joyful, but you know, really, we look at it. Why did Tyrion come? Who got him to come over, right? Varys. Okay. But yet, this entire time, who's been, like, off in the corner not really telling Danny how it is? Varys. Like, at least that's what I get from, like, the way it's filmed. Well, yeah, Varys is the master of secret. He's, like, the CIA, you know? And Tyrion is, like, the... Press secretary. <laughs> oh, let's not go there. But <laughs> Tyrion's bet has a way with words, I think, better than Varys. Varys relays him the information... And it's Tyrion's job to, as the hand to the queen, get her to make decisions that are rational and reasonable. Yeah, I can see that. Actually, we have a scene with Tyrion and um, him, and he's basically like, well, what does it say? And he's like, well, it was sealed. He's like, so what does it say? And he's like, no, nothing. <laughs> okay, so then we go to the um, the painted table, and 
we kind of forget that fucking John doesn't know shit right now. Arya's home, Bran's home, <laughs> and the Night's King is marching on Eastwatch. Like, all three of those things, John pretty much didn't fucking know. I mean, maybe, yeah, he knew the Night's King was coming, but he didn't know where. Like, so this is kind of like, bum, 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 get the fuck off Dragonstone, what have you been doing? Like, you can't just take romantic walks and pet dragons. Like, yeah. you have to get the fuck back. So John is, like, bound and determined to get the fuck off of here. And Danny's like, kind of saying... You know, you didn't think you had enough people, like, you don't have anyone now, what makes you think you have to? And he's basically just like, I, I have to. Like, there, I doesn't even matter if I don't have enough people, I just have to. If you're going to help me, then I'm going to do it. And, um, you know, one thing that's really um, interesting, too, is she's like, well, I don't think I gave you any leave. And he's like, pretty much like, okay, bitch. You're not my queen. Let me tell you this. I'm a king. I do what I want fuck you. I came here, and you could have killed me, and I'm a badass, and you didn't. I don't know. Pretty, I thought it was a pretty awesome scene, and I kind of felt like she was like, ooh, put me in my place, daddy. Yeah, I get those little... Daddy weird. target. <laughs> daddy, uh, nephew. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, baby, boo-boo. Um, so, um, then kind of in the midst of this, um, Tyrion kind of suggests that the only way that they're going to be able to fix this, and be able to, like, put off hostilities, and get everyone that's warring with each other to go and fight the fucking in the North is to prove it to Cersei. And the only real reason that he thinks he can do anything is because he thinks he can talk to Jamie. And Jamie obviously is the only one who has the ear of the queen. So his plan is that they're going to go, he's going to kind of smuggle himself onto King's landing with the help of Jorah. Now, how are they going to do this? They're going to capture a Walker and bring it down. Now, um, if you remember from the very, very first season, I believe it is, um, when there was a walker that there were, like, bodies that they found and they brought them into the wall and they put them in, like, cold storage. And then that, that came to life and it tried to kill Commander and John saved him with Ghost. Um, they cut off the hand and they sent it down to King's Landing to show them. But by the time it got there, it was completely, like, not alive and rotten and not scary at all. So this is basically the same thing, but on a bigger scale. This shit sounds crazy. <laughs> like, multiple reasons for me. So do you want to say anything before I go off on the fucking tangent that I'm about ready to go on to? Yeah, I'll just mention this is one thing that um, when I was talking with a friend who also watches the show. If they're planning on just grabbing a white and taking it down to King's Landing, what if there's some sort of like, you know, peripheral area that you can't leave, they're back dead again. You know, kind of like your Bluetooth will only work so far. <laughs> like, there's a range. <laughs> the Night's King has Bluetooth, and yeah. it does not extend to King's Landing. I mean, can they capture a Night's King? I don't I think that'd be way harder than capturing a white. Um, yeah, for sure. <sighs> okay, so since you brought that up, this is going to be my first part of the tangent. Okay, to your point, yeah, what the fuck? If they go past the fucking wall, and it's like... <laughs> dead that's failed and then you risk everyone's life b let's let's have a happy hope that it does work what happens if that fucking walker starts raising dead things down in fucking king's landing like that could be bad don't you think like this is not a well thought out plan if that fucking they're like oh let's put it down with all of the dragon bones oh all of a sudden all the dragons are alive as fucking monsters oh hell um fuck not a good idea so I think the other part of this that is just so, like, does no one think that fucking Cersei is an evil fucking cunt 
and is going to use this to her fucking advantage. Like, people don't stop fighting wars. They're going to fuck them over. It just makes, makes no sense. Like, obviously that's what's going to happen. They're going to be like, oh, we found a White Walker. And Cersei's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, we'll, f- we'll focus on that. Uh, oh, wait, you're not a Dragonstone? Stab, 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 murder, murder, murder. Take that base. Well, that's exactly why Danny's like, no, I can't help you because what happens when I send my people north and then Cersei comes in and takes over Dragonstone? Yeah, the thing about it, though, is like when we get to the end of this, when we have everyone leaving Dragonstone, you realize it's Danny and Tyrion and like Varys. Everyone else has left. She's all by herself. So it's like she keeps on building up all these allies and then poof, in the wind they go. And it's like, what happened with Euron? We haven't seen Euron in a while. What's he doing sailing to Dragonstone? It's probably at Eastwatch. It's a sneaky little I don't know. I don't trust that fuck. But yeah, it's there's a lot of this plan that I'm like, um, this, this does not make sense. Also, okay, other thing. You're going to fucking go and approach a horde of fucking an army of the dead. And then you are going to grab one and put it in a crate and then drag that crate faster. Like, what? You need a fucking dragon to do this shit. Hello? Why doesn't she just hop on dragon, fly up to the wall, have a little romantic honeymoon, <laughs> get married under a weirwood tree, pop up, grab one of those shits by the fucking head, put it in a box, put the box on the dragon, take the dragon to King's Landing, drop it off, and then burn Cersei live in the meantime. This is not dragon UPS, okay? It is. <laughs> And every, like you it's said, everyone's gone, express. so it is just her, Tyrion, Varys, but there's also three dragons. Yeah, true. So. Well, I mean, maybe John could take a dragon. That would be really cool when that happens. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm saying the logistics of this make no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. And considering the next episode is called The Undead or some bullshit like that, like, it's going to be all about that battle because it's going to be gnarly as fuck. And we better have kissed everyone that walks out of that fucking wall goodbye because i don't have faith that any of them are coming back besides john and john might die and come back and laugh again well, <laughs> so there i mean we're skipping ahead but you know john's not the only one that's been dead brought alive brought yeah back. yeah but without boundaries yeah yeah so um, yeah that's the thing if you're in a fucking swarm of fucking that that's not gonna happen your well, buddy if, has to be alive for him to bring you back i have faith that it's gonna happen because it's obviously gonna have to like we can't have every one of those people die that just would be game of thrones i'm sorry would you have said that before the red wedding literally if everyone that goes to the wall at the end of this episode dies they could still have a show. I would be You would upset. still watch? Well, yeah, because you we all know. Do you remember how mad everyone was when they thought Jon Snow was really dead? We got him back for another couple seasons. Oh, I'm done with him now, yeah. But then you know who this this is. Spoiler alert. This is my crazy predictions that usually come true. But Oh, is this the YouTube that I saw floating around? Mm-hmm. I know it's crazy prediction about Game of Thrones. Yeah, and... Trust me when I say I have not read anything ahead. But um John dies, then the real fire and ice could be Night's King and Danny. Oh yeah. Baby. Dude though, but the way that they make her kind of like sound like she could be turning crazy at any given point. I mean, the real song of fire and ice could be Danny yeah. and Night's King, and then John could still be the prince that was promised. Not really if he was dead, but he could be the one that, like, kills them both, and then he'll put a baby yeah. in Cersei and change her back straight. And... 
So John says that he's going to do what he wants, and he took a, a chance on meeting a stranger and giving her faith, and he wants her to do the same thing. So finally she agrees with a nod, and we really see at the end of this that her entire group is divided. It's really just her and Varys and Tyrion. Um, oh, no, it's just her and Varys at the end of this scene, actually, because he hasn't even come back yet, remember? Anyways, okay, enough of that. So, meanwhile, in Winterfell, we come upon, we have a Sansa basically meeting with all the lords, and we have um, one of the lords of the Vale, and then what's the other lord, the lord of? Do you, did you catch that? You know how I feel about Sansa, so. Oh, I know, that's why I'm going to get through this without <laughs> having to clap back about Sansa. Okay, so essentially we meet up in the the whole fast of Winterfell, and we have Sansa taking kind of questions and concerns from everybody since Jon is not there. And we have the leader of the Vale, and we have another lord who basically is saying that we did not choose Sansa to rule, but perhaps we should have. The king of the north should stay in the north. The knights of the Vale came here for you, Lady Stark. So Sansa kind of brushes this off, but she does it in a really like, oh, your concerns are duly noted, but da da da. And we see. Arya's kind of in the corner, like, fucking bitch, seriously. Like, if you compare this to the way that, like, Rob ruled in the very beginning, when he's like, you know, my dad's not here, and the one guy goes up and he's like, oh, I'm not going to listen to you, and he fucking has someone cut his fingers off, and he's, like, all calm and cool as shit about it. Like, that's the way the Starks do things. They don't fucking go, well, duly noted, and we'll, we'll talk to your consensus. It's like, no, bitch, bend the fucking knee. If you want to be a treasonous son of a bitch, we'll cut your head off. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to do it out of spite, but you don't fucking talk back. But you know how Sansa's like, oh, yes, you're very kind. Oh, yes. I learned oh. this from my buddy Littlefinger. Um, But I get, I also get where she's coming from. She does bring it up. Arya kind of comes in the corner and is like, you know, why, why didn't you give them a little bit more authoritative, like, um, no. And she's like, you know, the only reason we're here and that we have people is because of these people. So I understand where she's coming from, but if she's going to take over the big wolf reigns, she needs to fucking get a little bit of fucking ambition and show it. Not be pussy and fighting around and doing it. Being a little little finger. Oh, yeah, doing it. No, 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 no. So... I don't know. What what did you think about this? Arya's not having it. She's like, you know what? I can see right through you. You may not want to have these feelings, but you do. And you really hope that John ends up dead so that you can take over. And she's like, oh, how dare you? No. Yep. And uh, Arya calls it. She says, you know, you like. You moved into mom and dad's room. You moved into mom and dad's room. I don't believe that Sansa wants John dead. But I do believe that Sansa has an internal struggle of being a normal person and then um, wanting more. You know, she's always like the nicer things, like Arya said. But I think that maybe even though she doesn't want to feel that way, she's enjoying her power. Okay, so next scene, we actually arrive at King's Landing. Sir Davos has smuggled in Tyrion, and they go off their separate ways. So Sir Davos has a secret thing that he has to do and he's like i'm gonna meet you so sir davos is gonna go and kind of do his own thing he says hey you got to meet me back here and let me know um when you're done and try to be secret and safe um Tyrion's like aren't they gonna find the fucking boat and he's like dude we'll be fucked if we are so just hurry the fuck up so um Tyrion goes and he gets a meeting with um jamie but the way he does it is kind of backdoory he gets um Braun. Braun, basically to 
act like they're going to be training down in the dragon crypts where no one ever goes besides Arya or fucking Kyburn. And, um, basically is like, up oh, surprise. And Bronn's like, and see ya. Like, Kyburn's always working down there. Do you really think that's a good place to meet? What the fuck? Bring him down the fucking ocean. Um, but basically he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? You killed father, blah, blah, blah. And Tyrion kind of plays this like, I'm an imp. Mm. No one liked me because I was little. And it's like, yeah, your father definitely had it out for you. But like, you killed him. And you know, you betrayed your family. Like, mm, you can't really have everyone feeling sorry for you. Well, he calls, he calls Jamie unsentimental and tells him that his father would be proud. So he's yeah. definitely trying to manipulate Jamie a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think... Jamie gets that though, and I think the thing is, is what Tyrion probably knows a little bit, but probably not to the extent, is that Jamie's already kind of on his side. He's been on his side, so it didn't really take that much. But um, yeah, essentially the the plan goes as planned. Um, Jamie will go ahead and bring this White Walker to see uh, Cersei, and he'll let her know about it. I mean, I get kind of where Tyrion's coming from, but I kind of felt like he was having a pity party, and it. I was kind of like, oh, come on, dude. Like, move on. You killed your dad because he was fucking your whore. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Right? Does any... Did I mean, I think that, that I mean, was part of it. Like, that put that put enough passion behind his rage for years of being mistreated. But totally. I don't think if, if, that, if he was in a loving relationship with his father and then his father was doing his whore... I don't think it would have been. Now I need to kill oh, you. Oh, yeah. If you were in a loving relationship and your dad's still fucking your wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. If that was the only. Sure. <laughs> you could probably let that Hypothetically, slide. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just th- think it was kind of a little little too pity party. I don't feel like he needed to. Like I said, I already think Jamie was a lot on his side. So yeah. yeah, I felt like it was a little overkill. You know, he already said, you know, look, uh, Danny's going to win this war. So, um, you know. Basically, he's saying, I don't want you to die. Let's see if we can figure this out. For sure. Yeah. He says, you know, hey, she wants to have fucking a ceasefire, basically, so we can figure this out. I'm not saying she's not going to come and kill everyone later, (laughs) but for the time being, at least. And I think that kind of perks Jamie's ears a little bit because, I mean, even if it's just a temporary, the the end is not near, you know. Jamie's seen what can happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we cut from that and then we see that what Jorah's been doing. So he's been looking high and low for someone. And immediately when we, we went down the street with all the blacksmiths, I'm like, we're going to see, find our friend Gendry. And we did. I had a feeling, I had a feeling when he's like Davos saying, oh, I have some business over here and being kind of shady about it. And he said he was going Mm -hmm. to flea bottom. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I have yeah. a hunch. Oh, okay. And then yeah. as soon as I saw the back of that head, and it was like... Shaved. Blacksmith <laughs> row. I forgot that he didn't have a shaved head, actually. I yeah. just remembered in my past life, I was a hairdresser. Oh, yeah. I might be one tonight. Maybe. Anyway, but I recognized the back of his head. <laughs> and I was like, boy, Damn. the back of your head is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was so excited. Didn't you yell out his name? I was like, Gendry! Yeah, no, I, like, he's there. And he was. And this is when I yelled out. 
Well, okay, let's let's dissect this a little bit more. And I'll tell you when I screamed out, and I was like, "Hercules, Hercules!" Warhammer. Okay, Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> My notes are Warhammer. Oh, <laughs> explanation point. So yeah, um, when he is like. He's like, well, uh, I want you to come. He's like, yep, backed. Here we go. Got my thing. And he's like, well, maybe you should bring one of the swords. And he's like, I don't use swords. I use this. And it's his hammer. And I was like, oh, you're Robert's son. Da, 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 da. Robert fought with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Like, you're built as fuck and you're sexy as hell. The one thing that I kind of felt like was really weird is he, like, Davos is getting ready to, like, try to talk to him about well we're gonna do this thing and would you and he's already like packed like i'm ready to go he's like halfway on the boat i'm like "Mm, did i miss something like what why is he so well he explains it pretty well later on though he's climbed his way up we have you know gendry grew up from nothing was a blacksmith and then finding out that his dad was the fucking king and then basically going through a loop and having fucking rep priests take slugs on your dick and fucking burn them like and then to just be nothing like he that's all he's been thinking about you can just see it in his eyes and so the second he has the opportunity to go and do that he does so i see what you're saying but i just kind of felt like dude you're i understand you're pissed you don't want to work for the family that like basically tried to kill you but you've had how many seasons to go do something else with your life? I mean, you obviously learned how to row a boat, so go somewhere. I mean, we saw Arya make it all the way to Bravos and halfway around the world and back. Like, you're telling me that Gendry well, can figure it out? He probably had enough rowing when he was at the boat by himself. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you can swing that Warhammer yeah. so well. Yeah, I think he was just waiting for his opportunity to do something. And having, you know, Davos literally fall in his lap. When they come back to the beach, um, remember Gentry has his huge fucking hammer, um, and he puts it on the boat, and right as they do that, there's two guards that come down. It's like, uh, worst timing in the fucking world. So Davos is pretty sly. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you guys some money to pay you off. He's like, kind of sounds like he does this all the time. They say, hey, old man, it's not five pieces of gold anymore. It's 15 a fucking piece. Pays them. They're kind of like, oh, but we also want to see what's in that boat. And so he's like, um, and he flips it over and being like that crabber that he is, he has some fermented crab on there and it's basically like, hey, you want to get your dick hard all night? Eat some of this crab, this rotten crab. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yum. Can you think of anything that smells worse than fermented Um, rotten crab? That's why they're all about it, right? Yeah, I don't. I'm like, um, I kind of feel like maybe they're gonna die right. <laughs> like, um, seafood poisoning is the worst poisoning. Um, but so they take the bribe and they're they're walking away, and Davos and Gendry are like, Whew, awesome. They're they're leaving, and so right then Tyrion comes down the hill and he like nonchalantly walks right past them, like, oh, they're not gonna notice me. I mean, how many dwarves with scars on their faces are there? Um, and they're right away like, oh, we're going to take interest. So Davos is like up on speed, like, okay, if I'm going to have to bribe him again, whoops him around. And as soon as they turn around, Gentry grabs his hammer and he fucking beats the shit out of their brains. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it put a hole in their head. Yeah, they're not getting up. Yeah. Um, Definitely got to see what it do with that Warhammer. Yeah, at first I'm like, 
maybe it should be a little bigger. <laughs> I think it's big enough. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, January, I think it's big enough. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, definitely fucking badass. So, we go to the next scene, and we have Jamie is meeting with his sister. So, this is following his meeting down in the kind of dungeon crypt. And Kyburn is actually talking with Cersei already. And he is a very, like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I wasn't whispering secrets in your sister's ear. Um, and he comes in, and he says that he had a meeting with Tyrion, and that um, Danny wanted to have an armistice, so they want to basically pause the fighting. Um, and she basically goes, oh, so are you going to punish Bronn? He's like, oh, shit, you knew. You and spies. She's like, I know everything that goes on. Um, and he goes, well, why did you let it happen then? And she goes, you know, I think this is in our favor and whatever stands in our way, we're going to defeat it. And then she goes for this and she pats her belly because she doesn't really pat it. She rubs it, but he's like, my belly. Yeah. I, when I saw her do that, I was almost like, no way, no way. But yet, yeah, she's got a bun in the oven. So. But it made me think of like you remember um, Maggie the Frog, her prophecy about uh, yeah. the kids. I don't think this kid's coming out. Can tell you that much. So basically, she's pregos, and Jamie's like, "What are you going to say? Like, who are you going to say? Like, everyone you like technically been with besides me is dead." And she's like, "I'm going to tell him the truth that it's yours." I don't give no shits anymore. And he's like, what? You can't do that. And she goes, what did dad used to say? And the lion does not concern himself with the opinions of sheep. So she don't give no shits. Um, so they like kind of embrace and he's like, kind of like pulled out of his like despair. I think this is something that's like giving him reason to live. But then she's like, and don't ever betray me again. Which is like kind of crazy because he didn't even ask for that meeting. You know, Bron did. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if anything's going to happen to Bron about this. And I wondered that too. I, I really kind of wonder, you know, this kind of makes it to where can Jamie really do anything? His hands are tied without kind of fucking over Cersei. And now that he has skin in the game. And I don't know if you saw in the rewatch, but I have the subtitles on. And when Jamie walks in and she's talking to Kyburn, he is talking to her and he says, um, you know, I could give you something. And she says, no, that won't be necessary. So oh, it's like... Oh, you were talking about the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that... Because just like you were saying initially when the season started, how cold that Cersei was being towards Jamie, And basically, you know, when they had that meeting with Euron, and Euron's like, well, at least I have a hand. And she's, you know, not defending him, just, you know, being very cold. Mm-hmm. And then didn't you feel like it was a little bizarre... Um, in the last episode where they like hooked up and she was like Jamie and all of a sudden she had this passion for him that you're like, where has this been this you whole didn't, time? So question, you don't think that is from the hookup that she got pregnant? You think it was before then? I think it was, for, I think it was planned. She hooked up with him because I think that she had already been told like Jamie's having, you know, these issues. I think it, I think she was aware that to rope Jamie back into the level that she'd need to to have 
her so to have I him a hundred percent on her side, I think she planned to get pregnant by him because she knew that if she was pregnant, she I mean she could basically do whatever she wanted because his mm-hmm. loyalty, even if it faltered with her, it would be to that baby. So are we seeing down the road here probably like the the trope in every movie and TV show where she's pregnant and then she's going to lose it and because it's no longer a baby in the game that Jamie's going to be able to betray her? I don't know. I don't know. But I do feel that she is playing the baby mama role. Mm. Like, let me get pregnant so... Then I can be crazy. So I can trap you. Yeah. Then we have Gendry and Davos, and they make it back to um, Dragonstone with Tyrion. And Davos immediately is like, Gendry, don't say anything about anything. Nails the word, like, don't say anything. And he's like, okay, hey, I'm Gendry, I'm Robert's bastard, blah, 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 <laughs> like literally like that. Um, don't you love people like that? Which, you know, is kind of refreshing. Um, we don't see that a whole lot in this. You know, John's a pretty on- honest person, but besides that, we really don't have a whole lot of people, even in his own family, that are like that. So to have someone like this, I think that kind of fortifies the relationship that they seem to have right away. It's not just built on the fact that, you know, oh, okay, our fathers, you know, that Jenry didn't even know his dad at all, but that they were friends. Also, they have a lot of the same characteristics. You know, they they don't, they, they're not just like, you know, they have a lot in common. They shoot the shit and they, they're honest. Um, and they both like want to fight for what they stand for. Um, so it sounds like Davos has basically filled in Gendry about everything. And he's totally on. Um, so both of the bastards are ready to go and fight up to the north. He pledges himself to the cause. And he says that he can handle himself with the hammer. And as we know, he can because he fucking knocked the brains out of those two people. Um, he also points out that he says, you know, you don't really need a smith because you have a valerian steel sword so a he can recognize that and remember we talked about this before when we kind of talked about our little sword episode um that he's one of the only people that's really witnessed this right valerian steel mm-hmm. okay so yeah he's he can recognize it so that's kind of a little callback to that and then um you know kind of another thing is they're about to be in the company of jorah so um, maybe keep it on the down low about the Valyrian steel sword. John will keep that in his... Just saying. Um, but what I really think is, um, going on, and Davos even kind of talks about this a little bit, is this is the son that Davos always wanted, is Gendry. And he has him, and he really doesn't want to fuck it up. And I think that's why he's overly kind of cautious. He keeps on saying, you know, don't listen to me, I've only lived to be an old man, you know, da-da-da-da-da, but... I think he really believes in everything Gendry's doing. He believes in the cause. Obviously, that's why he's there. And so to have the surrogate kind of son makes him so proud. You can tell. Like, Well, yeah, you, you haven't heard Davos mention his son until this episode. And that's when Tyrion and him rolled up on the shore. Mm. And he said, you know, the, Tyrion said, oh, the last time I was here, you know, I murdered my father. And he last was like... Last time I was here, you murdered my son. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Shireen's gone, who he thought of like his, his own daughter. Yeah. His his own son is gone. And so to him, Gendry is like another son. So yeah, I could see where he'd be kind of protective. For sure. Um, one thing that I will mention about the scene is I thought it was a total callback to 
Robert's Rebellion. You know, you have the two who happen to be bastard sons, quote, air quotes, of uh, Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon. And um, you have, you know, Valerian Steel Sword that Jon has, just like his father had. And then the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Total callback to that. And, you know, they're rehashing like, oh, I met your father back at this time. And oh, yeah, I met your your father during this time. And they have a lot in common. And I think this is supposed to be reminiscent of, you know, them going to the wall is reminiscent of uh, Robert and Ned starting in the Robert's Rebellion. Mm-hmm. I also kind of feel like it's kind of just a little bit of like karma, too, because lest us forget how we got introduced to Gendry. I mean, not how we got introduced, but Gendry and Arya. I mean, that's his fucking homie, and Arya's fucking homie in the family was fucking John. So, you know. She's a good judge of character, and that's why she hates Sansa. Right. She's a stupid bitch. (laughs) Hey, I'm kind of on your team now. Um, Anyways. I'm a good judge of character also. So, um, we kind of have our going away scene on Dragonstone Beach. We have Tyrion gives Jorah the coin that the slavers gave them when they were freed. And he says, I want it back and the queen needs you. Um, the queen comes and says goodbye to Jorah and Jon. Um, she is a really like heartfelt goodbye with Jorah. To me, it kind of feels like this might be the last time we see Jorah and the queen together. I don't know about you. Well, I'm not. I I mean, I think Jorah will die eventually. But I think I don't think he went through all that he's gone through just to die in this next episode okay. it's a, another love triangle i felt like this was too like tropey of like oh the thing something. is is you know there is kind of that but it's it's more of like the the watchful father daughter lover kind of triangle if that makes sense mm, sure in this universe i suppose <laughs> you get what i mean like yeah it's not some I don't I don't feel like Jon Snow's threatened by Jorah and I don't think Jon Snow and Jorah have any beef really do you I feel like the show wants us to kind of feel like there's some tension between these three like a love triangle type of thing but it's like I'm sorry I can't buy it in just a few episodes yeah I my thing is just like I don't think of Jon as the person that like just like wants to get his dick wet like Jorah's not that kind of guy like he's had how many years with her and never acted on it so I'm just like "Mm, I don't see that and I don't think Jorah if Jorah's gonna be approving of anyone it's gonna be John right who else is gonna approve of oh you know I like John but I really think you should probably uh that Jamie guy really good I don't think you'd do that you know know what have you met Sam (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. He's a real Sam. good guy. Um he needs to go on a diet and he kind of was fucking this other bitch, but I don't prove a fat shaming on this. He got podcast. a baby mama, but it's not really his baby. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. So speaking of Sam, um we we flash back and we are kind of at his little hobby hole where he's with Gilly and Gilly's kind of reading out loud a journal that details everything about this one maester's mundane ass fucking life counts the windows the steps every time he has a bowel movement um and she's kind of going off and it's kind of getting on sam's nerves and finally he goes off and is like i don't give a shit about how many 1,500, shits this guy had um and you can tell he's broken um 
and we saw this earlier. This is, you know, right after this, when he had the meeting with the Maesters, and he's sick of not being taken seriously. And I think he's sick of, you know, pretending like life is normal. And it's like almost like Gilly's writing a magazine, and he's like, people in my family have died, even though he doesn't know people in his family have died yet. You know, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I can't focus and have a normal life with this shit going on. So I think we're missing the elephant in the room and i don't know if Corey is joking with me right now or he caught this but um i'd like to renege on what my favorite scene is because as we all know this is where we find that john is a legitimate targaryen because as gilly's reading the book about the one fifteen thousand seven hundred eighty two shits or whatever um, she said she mentions that uh, Maester Maynard um, issued an annulment for Prince Rhaegar and remarried him to someone else in a ceremony that was secret back in Dorne. And we know, yeah, but we don't. We know that, but they don't know that. But but he never like, dude. That I know. We know. We already the, knew that anyways through the third three eye raven. This, like, no, no, no. We knew that Lyanna was his mom. But we didn't know. We thought he was a bastard Targaryen. He yeah, there his, was a marriage. Yes, his father. Then we, we already assumed that, though. We didn't assume that. We assumed that he was Targaryen, but we didn't know that he we, was legitimate. Literally in the first episode where we were talking about that, we said that there was probably a midnight ceremony, which there was, so it's confirmed. But yeah, they don't know anything about this. This doesn't help. Sam isn't like, proves, oh, now you are. Yeah, because Sam wasn't listening. Just like you are not listening right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it is important. We do have con- concrete confirmation of this. Yeah, so aren't you excited about that? And here's the thing. I already assumed it. I mean, now I there's now now this is what my hope is because no one knows about this secret ceremony because it was secret, but Maester Maynard recorded it so. I'm hoping that in all those books that Sam grabbed and scrolls and everything that Gilly was just like, well, I'm in the middle of this book. I just put it, in, it. put it in the diaper bag. Yeah. You know, because aside from Bran, yeah, that's the only other way that it would be found. Right? I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe. So he gives his book to Lil Sam and um, then he goes and breaks in the library. He goes back in the restricted section. He still has that key. He steals pretty much everything ransacks the place of anything that looks good which there's still a lot of stuff there i'm like fuck man if you're gonna like just take off take some more get two bags um leaves the gate open which is like kind of like a fuck you mom and dad i'm taking the books and leaving and then he uh takes off with everybody so um i'm hoping one of those books has something in it (laughs) and i don't know is this kind of like the night's watch like if you stop being a maester, like, and you leave and steal property from them, do they, like, hang you? Um, I don't see those old people trying to hang anybody. And Sam's right, so eventually they're going to know that he was yeah. telling the truth, so. For sure. I'm just kind of wondering if it's, like, and then the other thing is, he is technically the Night's Watch, so um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and I don't think we got down to a technicality, but... Is he leaving his post for the Night's Watch? So technically banning it? Technically an outlaw now? Or 
does he even have to worry about that? Because the Night's Watch is really not what it used to be. Well, I don't know if we know exactly where he's headed. He may be headed back up exactly. north. So yeah, I don't, maybe I don't he's know. not abandoning. Maybe he's just going where he's needed. Yeah. You know, he's learned about the um, Valerian Steel and the Dragonstone. And, you know, he's actually killed uh, a White Walker. Yeah. So he has a lot to offer as far as knowledge. He can clear cure grayscale you know maybe on the way he'll discover what happened to his father and um and brother and maybe he uh will become the lord of the the keep yeah that would be cool maybe he'll stop along the way and be like hey i just don't think so because according to what he knows he stole that sword so do you think he's really gonna stop in if there was any chance his dad's gonna be alive i don't know there's oh, a lot here, of what here papa i stole your sword doubtful i'm a real man <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you're dead? Okay, well, whatever. Okay, so this is my, like I said, this is my, like, ooh, favorite, but it also makes me look, oh, so anxious kind of thing, is we have the, who is the slyest of them all? Is it Arya or Littlefinger? So we have Arya's kind of like, you know what? I don't have shit to do. I'm just going to spy on everybody. So she's in the corners. She's up in the eaves. She's dropping the eaves. She's she's like, what are you doing? We have the like the Knight of the Veil. Um, and the other guy that was kind of talking up in opposition, um, kind of in front of everyone with Sansa earlier, he's talking about them kind of in secret whispers. And then he actually talks with the maester and says, is this the last one? And he says, yep, it's the last one in existence. And there's a scroll, and he goes in and kind of shuffles it away and then comes out and kind of looks kind of suspicious. And Arya's like, ooh, I got him. I'm going to figure out what it is. So she goes in that. She lockpicks the door. She searches that fucking room high and low. And then she notices, oh, there's like a bloody period stain tear in that mattress. <laughs> that's kind of gross. Oh, yeah, okay, that's where he hit it. So she, like, rips that shit out, and she opens it up. And this is actually the scroll. Now, I've been reading slash listening to the audiobook of the first book and i'm like real like blending everything together now cannot remember did we see this scroll on screen before um we i don't remember if we specifically saw it but it they was talk the, about it non-stop in the fucking book so yeah that's it's why. the one where sansa was told to by cersei to mm-hmm. write it and they send it out and for everyone to come and bend the knee and if they did then everything would be fine and ned stark would be not killed mm-hmm. right it was they wanted her her brother yeah um sexy rob and the, so in the book, they send it out to everybody, and the only person they don't talk about is Arya, but they send it to, like, every single person, and they're like, you have to come and bend the fucking knee. So it's, like, Catelyn and fucking Rob and everyone in Winterfell and everyone in the Vale. Like, it's, like, insane. But so I there's think- a bunch of copies everywhere, and this one, I guess there's just the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of, uh, remember I was saying that Maester Lewin recorded everything, and yeah. The record of everything. So um he has the uh, little finger has the other maester to bring him the only copy that's there in Winterfell.
And look how on edge he was about ready to get fucking knocked off earlier. And this is why he's doing this, is because he's desperate. And so all we need to do is have Sansa not be a dumb bitch for five seconds. And Mm. I know it's doubtful. (laughs) (laughs) But all she really needs to do is have a heart-to-heart with fucking Arya and be like, Littlefinger's a piece of shit, let's kill him. Dunzo. Hmm. I can't wait. But we'll see. I don't know. And who knows? Maybe uh, when John pops up again after everyone dies, besides John, or John's brought, brought back to life for the 10th fucking time because he died seven times getting a fucking white walker across the wall, then they'll figure it out. But yeah, I, it, this is definitely like, I was like, oh my God. Like, I felt like every time she was going to get caught. And I was like, I ever since like, what, two episodes ago, I've been like, she's going to fucking stab Littlefinger. Like, she has to. Only makes sense. I agree. Do it. Um, so yeah, very interesting. Can't wait to see what's going to happen from here. Okay, so next scene, we are finally at Eastwatch. Um, we finally actually get to see what it looks like for about three seconds, and then we are inside of a jail cell. <laughs> so we have Jorah, we have John, we have Gendry, and then we have... Um, Tormund. Tormund, who represents the Wildlings. Now, lest everyone else know... We have some people in the basement in the cell. So we go down there and we have the Brothers Without Banners. So we have them plus the Hound. Technically, I think he's part of their group now, but he's kind of the rogue one. And it turns out that they were trying to get up to um, Eastwatch. And so they were kind of arrested, but they're making a plea to basically go with them. Now, this is kind of when we realize that like everyone has a reason to hate everyone almost it's like kind of crazy but kind of speaking to the like craziness of the situation everyone puts it behind them um the two people that really seem to have like the biggest issue it would be gendry um really doesn't like the brothers without banners because he was sold to the red woman basically to be a sacrifice so he's pretty like eh, about that and kind of how they they were, like, not chill with fucking Arya. Um, second thing that's kind of a big issue that could have come into play here a little bit later is Jorah the Wildlings. Now, this is basically because his father, and this is really no fault of his own, but his father killed a shit ton of them. So I can see this probably not so much with Tormund, I don't think, because Tormund doesn't seem like he holds on to grudges like that, but maybe with some one of the subordinates, there's some other ones that actually are doing some stuff too i think we don't really pay too much attention to they're just dragging the cart or whatever the fuck it is um what did you think about that i think it was just uh, very symbolic of how if you want to battle the the undead army it's going to be very important for people to get over their past grudges and and get to it and maybe Maybe it doesn't uh, bond you for forever, but um, temporarily it's, you know, like John says, you know, we're breathing. They're not. So yeah. that puts us on, on one team together. Okay. So our next scene is basically everyone heading out and, oh man, we feel like the odds are against them. Um, basically they're dragging device behind them. Everyone's really slow. Um, We've seen them go out, you know, this, what this reminds me of is when we first see Jon Snow going out on his first mission beyond the wall, and he's going on with the, the Lord Commander and every one of his friends and Sam, and it didn't even seem 
like this seems so much more like oh my god like they're even walking like oh my god we're walking straight into a blizzard right when we get out like they're so fucked so fucked um so yeah going into this it's like these are my two one these are my questions how are they going to subdue this one walker and not just completely obliterate it and kill it how are they going to capture it we haven't seen the device that they're thinking about using how are they going to survive and then how are they going to get away you know they're slow are they just gonna be every man for themselves how are they going to do that and then my other real big question is what's the lord of light going to do here because not only has he served the brothers without banners we've seen him bring back multiple times people from the dead we've seen how he's kind of helped the hound um not help the hound but given visions to the hound we also he brought back melisandre brought back john snow so is he gonna pop in and be like hey bitches well they I'm have the lord of light they have uh thoros who is the priest uh, priest or whatever yeah substitute yeah. melisandre so he's brought back one of the seven already. Mm-hmm. John's been brought back by Melisandre, but we assume that maybe if necessary, he could bring, if not someone in that team back, at least the one that he's already brought Which is back fine, but they're already going to be dragging someone else. Like Here's the thing. If I was any one of those guys and I had the choice to save only one person, if it was not a choice of me being that person, I'm saving the guy who can bring people back That's from the true. dead. Yeah, for sure. For sure, but he's also drinking too, isn't he? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we'll see. That might be his uh, secret superpower. Secret sauce, kin sauce. Yeah. So, do you? If obviously somebody has to die, it can't be Tormund because he's got to hook up with uh, that big woman. Oh yeah. And you've already said it can't be John. So, is this where the hound dies? Um. Yeah, I, I do feel like the Hound and Arya have more to do with each other, so I, I feel like that might be cut short in my mind. But, yeah, that could be it. Um, like I said, I think if someone's going to die, I think it's Jorah. Straight up. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't really have anything left to offer besides just going out and doing stuff. She has advisors now. He's already brushed with death so many times. He's not going to be afraid of dying and I think he's willing to, you know, go for the cause. Here's a thought where we can get two things on our list accomplished. If the Hound, if Sandor gets killed and he doesn't get brought back by Thoros, he gets back, brought back as a white, they capture the Hound. They can bring the Hound to King's Landing. He can be proof to Cersei and he can also fight his brother. Boom, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, that's just probably. I should be a writer. Yeah, how is that going to happen though? He's gonna he's gonna die. They're gonna put him in a crate. Wait for the Night King to raise him, and then run away really fast. And then he's the Hound, who's a badass in real life, dead. I don't have all the answers. Sway. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I guess you're not gonna be writing (laughs) this next season. Okay. Um, I just do the storyboards. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty fucking epic. Um, should we talk about the preview? Sure. So, yeah, watching the preview over again here, I, I really don't think there is a whole lot um, besides that. We do see little sneak peeks. We have Arya talking in the background. 
so we can only assume that there's something going down with Sansa. So that could be an interesting thing, but we really don't see a whole lot. You know what that tells me? Is there's a whole lot of... There's going to be a lot of stuff that happens, and they only have so much that they can show us in the preview without giving it away. Yeah, well, this is the way it's going to work. The battle in the fucking at Eastwatch is going to be insane, but obviously they can't just shoot for it because this was longer, right? How long is it supposed to be? Hour and so it's like an hour and 15 minutes, maybe hour and 20 minutes. So for that amount of time, we're not going to be stuck in the North that entire time. Well, not the North we will be, but you know what I mean? Like we're not going to be above the wall fighting literally that entire time. They're going to have to cut back and forth. They're going to have to do that. They're probably going to go and go to Dragonstone. We saw Danny a little bit. And probably majority of it's going to be this Littlefinger Arya situation. Um, so yeah, overall, what did you think of this episode? I I thought this was a pretty awesome episode. It definitely wasn't as action-packed as the last one, but we found out so much. We got a lot of characters in key places, and I just overall really liked it. Agreed. We got a lot of characters in key places, and we had quite a few Easter eggs in there. Um, we had definitely some callbacks for uh book readers and show watchers i loved um how much humor was put into it you know so um like for instance they called back to what all what everyone's been thinking about gendry is like oh you've been rowing how are your arms? Yeah. you know and then you know the humor with jamie and Tyrion um when they were re- reuniting and he's like, oh, I could have chopped you in half. And he's like, with that sword. And so, oh, the Brienne was like, did you bring the big woman? You know, there was a lot of that. So I feel like when they do that and it and it endears you to characters, um, they're, they're gonna just going to crush your, <laughs> yeah. they're going to crush your dreams in the next, in the next episode. But we got confirmation from Drogon that uh, John is part of the fam. Mm-hmm. And if Danny doesn't, notice that i mean those are her babies you're not going to notice if your child goes and sits in a stranger's lap i feel like that's the equivalent of him going up and sniffing john and letting him pet him i mean you have a wild beast that just roasted thousands of men and then he sees john and he's like hey homie what up yeah and then um we have confirmation that john is legitimate which means he has a larger or he has the best claim to the throne more so than Danny because he is the uh, legitimate son of the heir to the throne mm-hmm. who has passed. So I don't know if that's going to come into play later when Danny figures it out. I mean, John right now doesn't seem to want anything to do with uh, being a leader, but mm-hmm. he's been elected in the North. Would he even want yeah. to be a leader of the whole realm if? He finds out and that's an opportunity that comes. Maybe not. Would would Danny how would Danny react when she has had this mission to be the queen and almost to the point of like obsession and then you find out, oh, this dude that you just met who doesn't even have any dragons is actually the true heir. Yeah. So it should be it'll be very interesting. And maybe that's what will uh, allow my prediction of Danny and the <laughs> Night's King. Yeah, totally. To to uh, okay, so one question. You have to pick one person that is going to die 
in the next episode. Who is it? I don't even want to know why. I just want to know who it is. Hmm. I already told you mine's Jorah. I'm going to say Gendry. Okay. That's all I needed to know. Bye. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. Well, Your yeah. life depends we'll on it. We'll see how that goes out. Okay, so that's it for this week's episode. If you guys didn't know, we are doing a giveaway for some Game of Thrones action figures. They're the Funko Pop Dolls. Right now we have a Knight's King and we have a Jon Snow. Um, Now, you might be wondering, how do we get in this uh, awesome giveaway? Well, it's really easy. All you have to do is go to our podcast page on iTunes. So just type in To Be Perfectly Honest Podcast into the iTunes search menu. You'll pull up our podcast and then click over to Reviews. Go ahead and rate us. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Go ahead and take a snapshot of that and send it to us at our email at tobeperfectlyhonestpodcast at gmail.com. And then we will select a lucky winner to get both of those Funko Pop dolls. Um, And they're super awesome. If you head over to the Instagram pages of HBO, you can see all of the major characters holding their own dolls, and it's awesome. Um, So I really get a kick out of that. So do that. It will help us build our audience, um, let people know that we have an awesome podcast, and you get some free swag as well. Um, But other than that, we will see you next week, same time, for episode six of Game of Thrones. And as always, I'm Corey. I'm Anel. And be perfectly honest.